Hello, everyone. This is David Douthit. And Molly Douthit. And welcome to More Than Hearing, a podcast to encourage preachers to use multiple intelligences in sermons and worship leadership, because there are plenty of ways to reach someone's soul. Today's podcast will cover the lectionary selections for the fifth Sunday in Lent, year A. Dem bones come together for Ezekiel in the Old Testament passage. Paul teaches the Romans about dead flesh and living in the Spirit. And Jesus raises Lazarus in John 11. Let's find out how multiple intelligence illustrations can make your preaching on these texts come alive! We have established this podcast based on Dr. Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. Dr. Gardner suggests that there are multiple ways to learn, process, remember, and understand our world. Each week, we develop illustrations and special effects for the weekly readings of the Revised Common Lectionary that use various smarts based on Dr. Gardner's identified intelligences. We call them word smart, eye smart, math smart, body smart, music smart, nature smart, people smart, and self smart. You can read more about Dr. Gardner's work by clicking on the link at the top of our webpage. As we read and reflect on the scripture passages for each week, we explore ways these intelligences can be utilized for a deeper appreciation of God's Word. Anytime and any way we can make use of the different smarts, we give people greater access to the Word of God so that they can acquire it, process it, and internalize it in ways that make sense to them. Let's get started. The Old Testament lesson for year A, Lent 5, is Ezekiel 37, verses 1 through 14. This is the classic story of the Valley of the Dry Bones. So not too much that I probably need to say about that for you, except that it's taking place while Ezekiel is in exile in Babylon and has this vision of the very dry bones which come together at the Lord's behest through Ezekiel's prophecy. And then the breath comes into them and they are a great host. And so this is a a message of hope for the people of Israel who feel that they have been cut off and that they are dried up. And he's saying, nope, the Lord has something else in mind. We have some illustrations and special effects for you in Word Smart, Eye Smart, Body Smart, some illustrations in Music, and illustration and special effect in Nature Smart. Okay, we're going to start out with Word Smart. And I got to thinking about dry bones, and it made me think of the word desiccate, which is to remove the moisture from something or to dry it thoroughly. I went looking about what that might be, and a desiccator is a container that removes moisture from the air within it, and a desiccator contains a desiccant, a substance that traps or absorbs water molecules. And that got me to thinking that the word has a sound to it that really catches the ear. It's adjacent to dissect. Hmm. So a word smart person could compose a poem or a a wordplay thing, uh, playing with the idea of Ezekiel dissecting the desiccated bones of Israel ah, very or nice. something like that. I can also hear the passage done a la Sam's spade. It was a dry place. The spirit led me to hot sun, no water, death everywhere. Can these bones live was a sucker question. I wasn't going to fall into that trap. So I said, yeah, well, I'm sure you know. <laughs> 
So anyway, you could have some fun with that with WordSmart. For iSmart, the obvious option here would be to offer some images of valleys full of dry bones. Uh, where you find those, well, you're yeah. going to run into some unpleasantness with that. I mean, if you're if you're looking for human bones, then there yeah, are that's... pictures, mm-hmm. like from the Cambodian killing fields or from the Holocaust. So you want to be aware of the sensitivity of your congregation in doing that, but it would certainly be a way of catching people's visual attention. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of power there to connect the people with with the worship, but it could also be somewhat disturbing. So uh, be careful about that. For a special effect that uh, doesn't involve quite so much death on a large scale, (laughs) a topographical map or a uh, map of the rainfall of the area might be the ticket to use. So uh, pull out the maps and show how, how dry that region is. There's reason to believe this is the southern Tigris and Euphrates Valley, which is south of Nineveh at the time, south of Baghdad mm-hmm. now. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in Nature Smart. But it, it's a pretty dry area, not mm-hmm. a lot of rainfall there. Mm-hmm. We've also got a link to a pretty neat little short video that captures the, the passage. Nicely done. It's uh, on YouTube. The, the only problem with it is that at the end where it says uh, they stood up on their feet, a vast host, and there's one guy. <laughs> but otherwise, the effects are really cool. In it, so. <laughs> but other than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, for body smart, I feel like I always need a really long drink after reading this passage. I just feel <laughs> like I've been outside. Uh, dehydration is the illustration that you might want to go with here for body smart. It's really serious stuff. And body smart people will understand the effects of extreme heat and dryness on the human body. So if you have athletes, dancers, yogis, laborers, weekend warriors in your congregation, they'll all be very familiar with the need for hydration. And they may feel the sensation of extreme heat while this passage is read. Uh, Body smart people will also be really attuned to the reawakening of the bodies as the breath comes back into them. So those are some illustrations you could use. For special effect, try doing a guided meditation with this passage as it relates to a human in a sun-bleached valley. Talk about how the sun dries and burns skin, how lethargic people can get in high heat, how the wind may feel blowing into the valley when Ezekiel prophesies to it. Uh, There's also some eye and self smart in this as well. For the eye would be visualization and guided meditation that can activate both the spatial and the visual activity in the brain. And the self, uh, the guided meditation is a more inward journey, which is a self smart territory. For music smart, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff here. Uh, there's a very famous poem by James Weldon Johnson, "Dem Bones" or "Dem Dry Bones," and mm-hmm. it is. Uh, we've got a link for that for you that you can read it. It has been set to music any number of times and any number of ways. Indeed, and it's the one that most of us have heard. The tune is uh, the one that we know. It comes from the Delta Rhythm Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, dem bones, dem bones, dem dry bones, dem bones, dem bones, dem dry bones. Right. So there's that. <clears throat> so we have a link for that one as well. We also have another version by Shirley Caesar, and uh, yet another by the National Taiwan University Chorus for a little different feel, <laughs> and from Fats Waller, a little blues action on the song. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. There's also uh, was it a uh, short? Uh, it was a miniseries? television series, I think, in, in the in the UK. Yeah, the singing the detective. singing detective, and there's a particular scene where this fellow who is writhing on his bed in great distress is having hallucinations, and he imagines his doctors and nurses singing this song. So, yeah. So that's a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that, that might also get people's attention. So mm-hmm. we also have a couple of other poems that are independent of that that talk about coming back to life again. And one of them is called Coming Back to Life Again. Imagine. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> and, uh, and that's by Pallas Kumar Ray. And then we have another one that's called Turn Again to Life. And that is by Mary Lee Hall. And that one's pretty short, but they're both having to do with the idea of a kind of resurrection, if you will. Then finally, there's the Alzheimer's Poetry Project. And this is a program that's helping patients and caregivers connect with creativity and life through poetry and music. So again, a sense of of coming back to life. Cool. Uh, or being connected like with life. And there's some people in self-smart involved with, with all of those as well. But there you go. So, so some poetic ways of getting into the passage. And then finally, for Nature Smart, we're back to the idea of the desiccant. And I looked at one, or I looked up what those things might be in there. I have a link to three natural moisture-absorbing compounds. So you can go take a look at that and see what those are. But clay-based cat litter, chalk, baking soda, they're also products that can absorb moisture. They may not take as much as the sun in the high desert temperatures, but they will hopefully keep the mold issues out of your basement. So connecting natural compounds or elements to sun-bleached bones in this passage would spark the interest of nature-minded people. And as David already mentioned, the southern Tigris and Euphrates River Valley gets only about four to eight inches of annual rainfall. Four to eight. Yes, it's a dry place. So we've got a couple of articles about the Tigris and the Botan Valleys, so you can take a look at that. Uh, so that would be illustrations for Nature Smart, some uh, special effects for Nature Smart. Uh, bring out some of these natural moisture-absorbing products to, uh, into your worship service and talk about how extraordinarily dry the bones must have been, or bring in some dried fruit or some tanned leather and talk about how heat can be a good thing for preserving food and utilizing the skins, or actually, if you have some dry bones, bring in some dry bones. Again, you might want to be sensitive as to what kind of bones they are. You know, go take your dog's chew bone. (laughs) (laughs) You could also get one of those dry pop-up sponges, or those growing animal sponge capsule toys. We used to get those a lot when our kids were young, and you toss them in the bathtub, and they kind of go, and they they, expand expand in water. Different shapes. Yeah, so you can use that to demonstrate the reanimation of the bones. Fruit, leather, bone sponges, all of these are natural elements that get the naturalist's attention. And the difference between wet and dry can also ring that bell. And also, this goes back to the iSmart, where you present visual aids that help activate the visual intelligence as well. So there's a whole lot that you can play with with the different intelligences in this passage. Okay, let's go on. The epistle lesson for year A, Lent 5, comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 6 through 11. 
Paul here is encouraging the Romans to consider where they're setting their minds, what they're putting their minds to, and encouraging them to pay special and careful attention to that because where they put their mind is how they're going to live their lives as disciples. And how they live their lives as disciples is difference between life and death. He uses the phrase, the spirit that dwells in you, three different times, and we found three different places where we could use that in these intelligences. And we also found a couple different places where we can use the phrase, set the mind. So we managed to find illustrations and special effects for pretty much everything. We're only going to... Um, present a couple of them, though. We're going to skip word and I. We're skipping word and I, but we're doing the other six. So anyway, we have, uh, we're going to start out with math smart, and we've got an illustration and special effect. Body smart, illustration, special effect, an illustration in music, an illustration and special effect in nature, an illustration and special effect in people, and a special effect in self. Lots of stuff. Surprising in these five verses. So, David, you're going to start us. Okay. So, for Math Smart, we're taking the logical side of the math here and not so much of the mathematical side. In as Molly pointed out, Paul is here talking about the the differences between saying the mind on the on the flesh or on the spirit. It, it could be that he's working out of what Rob Bell referred to as the, the notion in the Old Testament scriptures, in particular, that life and death aren't just uh, binary states of being, but or they're a biological uh, state of being. Right. It's it's actually two ways of being alive. Hmm. So you either live into life or you live into death. Hmm. And that's wow. Seem- that has a lot of implication for society, doesn't it? It does indeed. Uh, that seems to be what he's doing here. So Paul shows these two options for disciples to follow: setting the mind on temporal things or setting the mind on God's realm, uh, which actually includes the temporal things, just from another point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, he makes the case that setting one's mind on finding what is pleasing to God is life-giving. And here he's using the Greek word zoe, which is more than biological life. It's the... Uh, it's the quality of life. Yeah. The, the fullness of life. Yeah. So uh, Paul frequently uses rhetoric and challenges basic assumptions through his letters, and by engaging his logic and fleshing it out into our own settings, you'll be able to draw in those who are oriented toward this logical intelligence. Paul makes the assumption through all of this that the audience wants to please God and that that's a desirable thing, but uh, and hopefully your church folk will agree with that, uh, that yeah. idea, but <laughs> not so. everybody does. And so this isn't really a great apologetic passage, because if you're trying to talk with an atheist about this, they're going to reject the premise that pleasing mm-hmm. God is is a worthy goal. And so for special effect, we have a couple video links of just exactly that, atheists rejecting the idea of pleasing God in any way. In Body Smart, we're looking at that phrase, dwells in you. This is the first time we're looking at it. We had it also in the eye illustration up above where you see people's determination on their faces or in their actions, but we can also experience the dwelling of that and the determination of dwelling in our own bodies. If anyone's a cross trainer or a musician, encourage them to think about how they feel when they're in the zone. 
Uh, I think this sensation of being fully occupied is what Paul is going for when he speaks of the spirit that dwells in us. It, you can feel it in your body, mm. in the way you focus your attention, in the way you move in the world. We have some illustrations. Uh, we're going to have some links for iSmart illustrations in the show notes, so you can find those at our website. But we also have a video called I Will Not Submit. It's a real interesting counterpoint to verse 7 in the MathSmart special effect that David was just referencing. Uh, bodybuilders working to overcome the painful grind of life by painfully grinding on. Are they in the flesh or are they in the spirit? This video of guys working out and its narration about pain and weariness should activate a sympathetic kinesthetic response in your body smart people. You can't help but feel your own muscles watching these guys. And then very briefly for Music Smart, there's nothing specific that relates to music in the text, but you could use the discipline of music to relate to the discipline of following Jesus. Take that musicianship and the idea of learning an instrument or, and, and how you have to focus your attention and keep at it. That's, that's a good way of connecting to how you are a disciple of Jesus. We also have the passage in free verse, going back to the idea of poetry. And David wrote a free verse uh, poem of this passage, and we'll have a link to that in our show notes over at our website. Poetry activates music smarts through rhythm and rhyme, even if it's a little loose, as this is. <laughs> for nature smart, looking at verse 7 in the passage, it, where it says, For this reason the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. The mind set on the flesh is to God as asbestos is to fire. They just don't work well together. <laughs> but the mind that is set on the spirit is to God as wood is to fire. They will uh, get along just fine. Uh, there's also some logic <laughs> smart to that. But using these natural elements, asbestos, actually a natural element. I, I thought it was a created thing, but it, it's a naturally occurring silicate. Who knew? Uh, wood, fire, and the chemical reactions as analogy might just get the naturalist's imagination running. This analogy will connect for the math smart. And if you want to make it into a special effect, well... Um, bring it in. Bring it in. Get you some asbestos and some a block of wood and a little propane torch and have a go <laughs> at it. Taking all due precautions, please. You exactly. do this at your own risk. Don't blame us. But, <laughs> but uh, there you go. For people smart, again, we're looking at the phrase dwells in you. And that got me to thinking about the Ezekiel passage and how the spirit responded to the words of the prophet and came to inhabit the bones and then later the bodies that were refashioned there on the valley floor. You can also illustrate how the Spirit dwells in a people by reminding them of times when they were caught up in a group dynamic, like watching a championship game when your team wins. There's a lot of that's been happening lately here in the U.S. with March Madness. Being at a concert, everybody being all in the music and in the groove together. Being with a group of friends at dinner and hopefully worship. Hey. So those are some illustrations you could use on this idea of the Spirit dwelling in you. For a special effect... Offer a specific prayer for your congregation that calls on the Spirit to come and dwell among you. You could also invite your folk to think about friends or family who are hostile toward God. Do you know why? Is it because they focus on the physical world and need proof? 
or because of disappointment, or is there something else? And encourage your people to consider these without judgment or fear, but with compassion and warmth, and offer a prayer that God's spirit of life may be revealed in their lives. Finally, for self-smart, call this a special effect, I suppose, consider the witness of your own life to those who are hostile toward God. And what do you demonstrate to them about life in the spirit that they might find desirable? Self-reflection is the food of interpersonal intelligence. Nom, 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 nom. The gospel lesson for year A, Lent 5, is John 11, verses 1 through 45. It's another one of those enormous passages. Don't you just love year A? I love these passages. Yeah, they are fantastic. But they're really, really long. This is chapter 11. This is the raising of Lazarus and all that goes with it. There's an awful lot going on in here. We have Jesus starting off across the Jordan, and then we have Lazarus and Mary and Martha, and Lazarus gets sick, and Jesus doesn't come, and Lazarus dies, and Jesus doesn't come, and then he comes, and he gets there, and Martha comes out and said, if you'd only been here, he wouldn't have died, and he said, yeah, I know, but hey, guess what? I'm the resurrection and the life. Oh, well, that's cool. Let me get my sister. And so Mary comes out and says, if only you hadn't been here, my brother would not have died. And so they go off to the tomb. Jesus gets really upset in a variety of ways and then calls the dead man out of the tomb. So, hey, that's pretty awesome. So uh, we have a lot to offer you for this passage. So we're going to give you some iSmart illustration and special effect, a little bit of music illustration and nature illustration. People smart illustration and special effect, and self smart illustration and special effect. Alrighty, starting off with I smart. Uh, at the beginning of this chapter, Jesus is across the Jordan where John had been baptizing, roughly 10 plus miles to the east of Bethany. And we figure it would probably take about four hours of walking at a leisurely pace. Jesus shows up two days too late. Gotta wonder why. Actually, four. Oh, right. Yeah, because he'd been in the grave four days. Anyway, he shows up late. As an illustration for iSmart, you could uh, say that the death and the rising of Lazarus is sort of like a double exposure photo with Jesus' death and resurrection. And we have a link to what double exposure photos look like. For a special effect, the fourth gospel has a lot of movement in it. Jesus is always going somewhere, but and, and there is a lot of movement in this passage, too, with everybody moving around, going here and there. Uh, ironically, Jesus isn't going anywhere when the passage starts. Um, you might have an interesting visual, a special effect visual for this passage, by putting together a flowchart of everybody's movements. And David did that. So we have a flowchart that you can take a look at and see where everybody started in the story and where in the story they move and where they wind up. It's kind of interesting and very colorful. (laughs) For Music Smart, we've got a couple suggestions for music, actually, that you could have a listen to. First is a song by Daryl Scott called Lazarus Dies Again. And it's uh, an imagination of what Lazarus's life was like after being raised until he dies again. Really neat song. Really Mm -hmm. like that a lot. Then uh, there's also, of course, the old favorite, I Am the Resurrection and the Life. Uh, That that favorite from youth ministry in the 1970s. I guess it still gets you some, but... Some, yeah. yeah. For special effect, Martha and Mary both lament to Jesus about his absence. 
And so special effect here might be to either write a lament yourself or invite your folks to write a lament about an experience of God's absence or Jesus' absence in their own lives. Hmm. And uh, Lent is a good time for that. Lent's a great time for lamenting. And of course, most of the laments in the Psalms turn at the end to a statement of praise or, or faith or mm-hmm. something. Not all of them, but well, some it of could, them do. And it could be in the experience of writing, writing your own personal lament, you get there. You do. And it could also be maybe you just need to lament for a while. Yeah. Uh, for Nature Smart, we're looking at verses 9 and 10, where John is having Jesus again talk about light and dark as metaphors for the decision that people have, have made about Jesus, their orientation toward him, which got me to thinking you could use an illustration of plants turning toward the light or heliotropism. Well, that's actually plants turning toward the sun. Phototropism is plants mm. turning toward light sources. You can substitute ultraviolet lamps that will get plants to turn toward them. They'll take light in any form they can get. I'm sure they would <laughs> prefer sun, but you know they do turn toward the light. So that's a nature illustration of the orientation that Jesus in John's gospel is always asking people to decide on. Be like a plant, just naturally orient yourself toward the light. Uh, we also have a very detailed and enlightening article about human decomposition. Boy, I learned things I never knew. <laughs> it's a long read, and it, like I said, it's detailed. Uh, if you are of a weak disposition, do not eat before or after reading. There are no pictures, but they're explicit about what happens okay. as the human body begins to break down. The last two paragraphs are really worth a read. So if you don't read anything else, skim down, skim down, skim down until you get to the last two paragraphs. They're worth it. In People Smart, starting off by looking at verse 19, where the Jews come out to console Mary and Martha. And in modern church life, anyway, we would perhaps, actually, I think it was. Uh, Garrison Keillor referred to it as the laying on of dinner. (laughs) And uh, so the laying on of food. And we have a few links here for you for for some ideas about how to console people and how to be helpful for folks who are going through grief. And it's not just the laying on of dinner, but other activities that you can do that could be really helpful. Uh, So we have a number of links about that. Turning to verse 44, where the dead man is raised and Jesus says, unbind him and let him go. Invite your folks to have some conversation about that verse and what's going on there. And if you had been the one standing closest and Jesus said, unbind him, how quick would you do that? (laughs) Would you be right on top of that or, or would you be hanging back a little bit and... How would you feel seeing this dead man walking? Uh, How would you relate to Lazarus in the days following, or to Mary and Martha, for that matter? You might also ask folks to consider how the idea of being loosed or unbound is reflected in their own experience of the gospel, or vice versa. And then finally, for self-smart, we have several verses where we see the depth of Jesus' relationship with Lazarus, Martha, and Mary, verse 5, 3, 33, 35. Uh, There are a lot of feels in this passage. There's grief, sorrow, anger, hope, skepticism, fear, courage. We had an opportunity back in February to go on a retreat, and we heard Frances Taylor Ginch speaking about some of the work she's done on this, uh, on, on the Gospel of John. And in this passage, she says that only here, in verses 33 and 35 particularly, is Jesus troubled and disturbed. Uh, 
in a lot of ways, this is his Garden of Gethsemane experience, the, the deep passion that he had, the struggle that he had about what was facing him that is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke is in the garden, is now in the Gospel of John, standing outside the tomb of his good friend. Ooh, it got me. <laughs> um, See, it's, it's loaded with feels. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, where'd that come from? Mm-hmm. And also, uh, it's not in this particular selection, but in verse 53, Lazarus rising from the grave is going to put Jesus in the grave. So a lot of stuff playing in here. Um, and so that got us to thinking what you could use in the the, the whole interrelatedness and the, and the connection. And so we're thinking, uh, for instance, illustrating this about that depth of relationship that Jesus has with those three particularly, is looking at what good friends are like. And there's a lot of good friend memes out there. We have some suggestions for a couple, for three of those, uh, kind of funny to look at. And then uh, we also have John chapter. Kind of funny if you have our sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. right. If you don't have our sense of humor, we apologize. (laughs) But we then didn't also, write the meme. Right? You're just, right. We, right. Just we, just, we just like them. But then also in John chapter 15, verse 15, we have a link to that in the contemporary English version where Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. So for a um, special effect, you can ask your congregation to consider these questions. Have you ever considered Jesus to be a best friend? Or have you ever considered your best friend to be like Jesus? And we also have a film clip of what Jesus may have been experiencing with the anger from the Star Trek movie, Wrath of Khan. Yeah, I suppose we should say that where it says he was very upset or troubled in his spirit, Francis, Francis Taylor Ginch said that that means that he was angry enough to, what was it? Angry snort. enough to snort and shake. Yeah. And so that's what got me thinking about Kirk and Khan. <laughs> So have fun with that, too. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please ask questions or leave us a comment on our website, www.morethanhearing.org, or at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash morethanhearing. Send us a tweet at at morethanhearing, or email us at connect at morethanhearing.org. If you tried any of these suggestions, or maybe got an idea that you liked even better than ours, let us know what you did and how it went. We would love to hear how using this theory has made a difference in your preaching and worship. Be sure to look for the show notes, links, and resources on our website. We publish our worksheets on each text, so you can see some of our ideas that don't make it into the podcast. Those also might be helpful or give you a spark. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast using the iTunes, Android, or RSS links at the bottom of the show notes. Or you can point your podcatching software at morethanhearing.org slash feed slash podcast. You can find us on the iTunes store, too. You can subscribe there directly, and you can support the show by writing a review, which will help others find us more easily. And of course, you can always share the show with your friends and colleagues. We'll be back with another installment next week. So in the meantime, stay subscribed and be smart.
Whip It Good Productions.